0: Hey, welcome to Pardon the Confusion, and I am Travis Greer, your host, and today is a special day. It is February 2nd, 2021,
1: and Real it's Hall Day. It's Run-Hog's Run-Hog's day. day
0: again, and again, that must mean it's time for Pardon the Confusion, and it's episode 134 of Pardon the Confusion, and I'm joined again by these two wise but grumpy old men ready to give their <laughs> pred- predictions on Super Bowl 55 of this year. So we're, uh, we're going to be talking before about we, that. Before we get there, can I give
1: you a quick story?
0: Give me a quick story, That's Ernest, Ernest uh, Watts the, speaking, folks.
1: Okay, this is Ernest Watts. That's yes, that's Paul Arnold is the other voice.
0: Ernest Watts, two wise, grumpy
1: old men, Ernest Watts and Paul Arnold. When, I resembled that well, remark. Well, well, the movie, Groundhog Day, when Harold Ramis who was the director, was filming the movie, he got into a huge blow-up with Bill Murray because Harold Ramis wanted to make a drama, a romantic drama. (laughs) And Bill Murray said, no, this this is only going to work as a comedy. (laughs) And it it got so bad. And, And again, he convinced Ramis, but Ramis held a grudge against him so much that the two did not talk until about three years ago when Harold Ramis was dying of cancer. Mm-hmm. And they were close friends because they grew up in Second City together. But because Bill Murray imposed his will and and, and Harold Ramis had a nickname for Bill Murray. He called him the, the Murray King because mm-hmm. he imposed his will to change the movie. Now we have that classic that we see every February 2nd. It has nothing to do with sports, but I thought it was apropos with this being Groundhog Day. And proposing our
0: predictions on super bowl 55 and speaking of um uh groundhogs day you know he did predict six more weeks of winter and i know our other co host david arnold paul arnold nate i'm sure they're so glad that that we're here we're going to have six more weeks of wintry weather because paul he's sitting up there now in dexter michigan at 19 degrees and in the next few seven day forecast this is your weather report for today
1: thanks it's going
0: to be it's going to be in the teens and almost in the single digits some days. Paul, I know you're loving it, and um, I can understand if you're kind of grumpy. And But we're going to try, try to warm each other up and talk sports tonight, talk Super Bowl. We're going to talk Super Bowl moments in the past. We're going to talk coaches. And I, I've also got something to quiz Ernest on to see if we, have, we can make a connection two-for-two two, uh, later on if we have time to do so. Um, so – where are we? Um, so speaking of those fun, f- funny moments, great moments um, throughout Groundhog's Day, right? That movie that he made into right. the comedy, Good Deal. But is, is there any comedic great sports moments that you can remember related to the Super Bowl? I remember you know, last week you guys talked about one kind of uh, crazy moment happening during halftime show. But what are some fantastic moments that you guys can recall in uh, your lifetime of watching 55 Super Bowls?
2: You mean when we tip over a whole bowl of pretzels or we spill a whole pop on somebody or a coke? Is that what you're thinking at home here? Or you mean at the game?
0: Or at the watching the game or a Super Bowl party or just Well this anything. is
1: easy. This is easy.
0: Right, what you got, Ernest?
1: Leon Lett in Super Bowl twenty seven. Okay. Uh he picked up a fumble and they were up like fifty to fourteen or something. It was Dallas Cowboys against the Buffalo Bills. And he's showboating. He's strut, you know, sixty-four yards going for fumble return. And Don Beebe, whose son is now playing Canadian football, sneaks up from behind and before he crosses the end zone, slaps the ball out of his hands and it goes out of the back of the end zone for a touchback. So that's that's the funniest in the game itself, mm-hmm. to me. Paul, have you got another one? I mean, that that to me was the funniest all time.
2: Bud, Bud, Wise, why, why, why? I love those Budweiser commercials. frogs. Those are the best commercials. Or the guy trying to herd a you know, million cats. I mean, those are some good ones.
0: Yeah. Obviously, this is a, a happy time for us. Bud Bowl?
1: Big... Not Bud it's... Bowl?
0: Bud Bowl? What's the Bud Bowl? You know, just, oh, oh just my gosh.
1: Oh, boy, Go YouTube. You oh, we're old. We're old. They used to do this game where Bud would play Bud Light and the bottles would light up like a football game oh, okay. it, was, oh it was it was like in Vegas they had odds on who we were, I think they went all the way to Bud Bowl 7 and they made a, a satire of it on the Simpsons where one of the bottles got busted and the the wife bottle came out of the field <laughs> and they took him out on stretchers uh yeah the butt bowl that was part of the, the the uh i mean that was a really serious boy you travis you're making us really feel old thank I'll,
0: you i'll have to look at that i mean i recall the puppy bowls and stuff like that and most recently kind of the sideshow to get you know the ladies interested in all that kind of stuff in the super bowl um uh, happenings and all but i mean there's you know here we are in february guys there's a lot to love all men and most women we should be happy and smiling we we made. i say we made it the NFL made it uh, on time, so you will, for another Super Bowl in 2021, despite uh, all things that 2020 has brought us, right? And um, so be happy this week. Put a smile on your face. Super Bowl weekend is this weekend. And no, the, Monday, the following Monday is not a holiday as of yet. So, um, so I got maybe, one more. I got
1: one maybe, more for you.
0: Maybe we can circle back around to that and eventually make that Monday a holiday. Ernest, what's one more you have? I, there's always one more. It's like a kid always says you pick a child up and oh, yeah. do something well, fun. the fun. One more time, one more
1: time. What you got, buddy? Being the only one here who actually <laughs> watched all 54 Super Bowls coming up today, it was Super Bowl, I'm only thinking it was seven or six. It's when the, it's when the Dolphins were going towards the un, uh, undefeated streak and they were up 14 to nothing with about five minutes left to go. And Gary, you premium who was this ball-headed field goal kicker who didn't know anything about football when he immigrated from Cypriot. And uh, he tried to kick a field goal. It was blocked by, and I forgot, I think, uh, uh, McDole for the Redskins. And it bounced up in his hands, and he tried to throw it through the worst pass in professional football. Mike Bass picked it up and ran it back and made what would have been a blowout game close at 14-7, to but the uh, Dolphins hang, hold on. And to this day, they're still the only team to go undefeated in the Super Bowl era. Mm -hmm. Now, Ernest, (laughs) you said
2: you've watched all 54 Super Bowls. Are you sure you didn't sleep through some of that? Like, what percentage did you sleep through? Uh,
1: There have been some blowouts that I didn't watch the end. There have been some games that I didn't like particularly (laughs) how they were going. I got angry and finished to the end. But I I was there at Super Bowl one. and I've seen all of them. I'm, Super Bowl three got me very, very upset as a kid. I think I was surrounded by Jet fans, and I was a Colts fan. But, yeah, I've seen at least some of all 54 Super Bowls. Mm. And
0: so that's interesting. And I have a list that we – I wish sometimes we would have a, a public wall where all of our listeners could go on and, and interact and just – interact and react with us as as this group of co-hosts kind of text back and forth throughout the week and depends on how busy i am you know or how in tune i am right uh, i contribute some or whatnot but when you guys shared the uh 55 greatest super bowl moments and and paul this ties back to our kind of pre um pre-recording discussion that we're having and uh, this is one of the super bowl moments that were highlighted by a gentleman on here, and we were talking about graham crackers, and we got we was talking about graham crackers before the show because we were getting a snack, getting getting our tummy satisfied before we met today. But we we're um, talking about Welch's grape juice and dipping that uh, into graham crackers. But here's the Super Bowl moment, if y'all remember, it's, it's labeled graham cracker. The play didn't garner the catch cachet uh, cachet of the Philly Special, but Eagles defensive end Brandon Graham's strip sack of Brady with 2-9 remaining in the Super Bowl 52 was the key only defensive play uh, on a day when the teams combined for an NFL record of 1,151 yards of offense. Brady's fumble occurred with New England trailing 38-33 to 33 and led to Philly's game icing the field goal. That was pretty most recent, but there's the graham cracker. You, you remember the strip sack that was only – a couple of super bowls ago and and Brady, you know, he was there then. He lost that one. Here he is in Super Bowl 54 trying to win what number is it? Number 7, correct? Number 7. Uh,
1: if he wins this, he'll win more than any one team has won in the uh, Super Bowl era.
0: Yeah, that that's fascinating. And I've, I've seen somebody say too if he keeps on winning, he's going to have to start putting Super Bowl rings on his toes or something like that, but uh but yeah, I remember the Philly special in Philly, Philadelphia. Should I do it, Paul? Should I do it, Philly? Go ahead. Philadelphia's so special these days, and especially not today. The Philadelphia new head coach, and his name being Ernest, is not getting much praise today, right?
1: Oh uh, well, no. He, oh man, uh, I have a. I gotta remember. I, gotta <laughs> I remember don't remember mean. his name. He was the he was the quarterback coach for the Colts, and before that, he was Philip Rivers' personal coach, to be honest with you, because he came, when he came from... Uh, Nick Cerani. Nick Sarani and he was, uh, he followed Rivers from the Chargers to the Colts. Mm-hmm. He's never been a coordinator, and uh, his new interview is just, if you get a chance to look it up, he talks about he wants a smart team running simple plays. I mean, it's, it sounds like if We've all been in that situation, that you're doing a PowerPoint, or you're doing a presentation to a group of people, and you <laughs> lose your place. And then yeah. that panic washes over you. I don't know if that happens for ministers. Does it, Paul? Have you ever gotten lost your place in a sermon? Has that oh, ever God, I
2: lost my place in this podcast already.
1: Okay, all right. Sorry about that. See, I jumped <laughs> in there. But you lose your place in the PowerPoint, and you can't, for your life of it, find it. I used to do a interview program on TV where I interviewed uh, candidates for, for running for office. And I used to tell them ahead of time, throw your notes away, just be yourself, answer the questions. And every one of them would lose their place on their notes. And that's what this guy sounded like. He just lost his place. And as for leadership, uh, good luck. He's five steps behind already. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. But I've never seen you lose your place, Ernest, being colleagues kind of in the same field and Hearing you present before, you are a wonderful presenter. And there's there's my brownie points. And, Ernest, you never, never ever miss a beat during this podcast, for sure. So, Paul, with Super Bowl moments, you know, what you guys have seen, many Super Bowls, Ernest has obviously seen all 54. But what is one Super Bowl moment that that could happen this year, Super Bowl 55, that you've never seen? What What is one question I'm trying to ask? <laughs> is what what is one thing that you've just never seen before or d- desire to see happen in the Super Bowl, okay, whether it be I, a record-breaking, whatever that may be? I got
2: it. I got it, man. Yeah. All right, you set it up well. All right, so Tommy Brady's been to so many S- Super Bowls, and everybody's talking about that Gronk just needs one more touchdown pass to be the leader in receiving touchdown passes, Super Bowl. But the, instead of Gronk going out, Gronk comes back, gets a lateral pass from Brady, and then Brady gets the pass for a touchdown. That's my prediction. Wild prediction.
0: That's interesting. So uh, Gronk sacrifices it and tosses it over to Brady. It'd be now, more wasn't like there
1: Goodwin? Wouldn't Goodwin be? Goodwin was a college quarterback. His flanker, I would think that would be more apt to be. I think he's actually done that this year. Thought a pass to Brady. Oh, really? Flanker Goodwin. Yeah, I think Goodwin was a quarterback in, in college, and he would be more than Gronk be able to do that. Well, I what I know, keep
2: on off- hearing is that the Chiefs are so innovative in their offensive play calling, and you give them two weeks to prepare, they're going to come up with some really strange looks. The The big question, though, is their offensive line is so dinged up with Fisher out and possibly one of their centers being out because he went to a barber who, who tested with COVID. So the only question is, Mahomes, can he create enough time without having a healthy offensive line? I think that's why... Mahomes is so much better than any other quarterback he can make any throw he sees the whole field it almost slows down for him like a Michael Jordan-ish type thing like everything slows down and he can create time with his legs and his feet and he's such a competitor I think most of you probably saw the story of that the one year that he lost to Brady in the AFC playoffs Brady came in and just said hey I like what you're doing and you know, Mahomes said that really was great affirmation that he kept on going. So uh, we all want a bunch of Mahomes being NFL, in you NFL, but you know, I don't think they're quite finding many like Mahomes. I think he's once in a couple generation type player.
1: Hmm. I, I, I agree. I mean, it's just, and again, to see what he was in college and see what Andy Reid saw something there that no one else really saw because a lot of people had him down as a late first-round draft pick or possibly a second-round draft pick. And, and remember, he didn't have a winning record at Texas Tech. And he was playing for what is now an NFL coach because the guy's coaching the Cardinals now. But it's, it's amazing what he's able to do. And and again, Andy Reid it, literally is playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. And I think you do bring up a good point about their offensive line. I think at the same respect, on the other side, uh, it's going to be imperative for the Chiefs to get pressure on Brady. We saw what happened in the second half in the Packers game when they got pressure on Brady and he threw three picks. He doesn't mm-hmm. have that mobility. So I'm I'm always big on offensive lines. Uh, it's always been where I watch games. I usually increase the magnification because the lines can tell you if it's a pass play or a running play. But I think which offensive line is going to be key to the team that wins? Uh, if Kansas City can keep Mahomes from yeah. too much pressure, or if uh, Tampa Bay, who got the center back and, and finally got their offensive line back for the first time in about two months, can keep Brady in the pocket and keep him clear.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think that's the key, as has always been said, you know. I'm kind of one of those guys with the philosophy that defense does wins championships. You know, I know we love the gun show with scoring points and all that stuff, but I agree with you. If, if, if they put pressure on, on Brady, I, I've watched him a few times this year and especially uh, last week's game, you know, he, you get pressure on him. He, he, he throws kind of some, those mistakes he's kind of scared to get hit and stuff like that a little bit. But, uh, but I think, you know, Patrick Mahomes, even with that offensive line being, Kind of a little sketchy, um, and unknown of what could could take place. I think those um, offensive line guys, even coming off the bench, they can step up and, and in times like these, especially given the Super Bowl. And I, I just had the thought, too, gentlemen, you know, with, uh, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes being in year, what, one, two, three, four. This is his fourth year, 20, starting in 2017. I actually, so if he wins, an, you know, this Sunday, you know, he's got two Super Bowls under his belt you know, within four years being in the NFL. Could he be on pace to to be the next Tom Brady and, and you know, possibly meet, you know, Tom Brady's goals of, you know, having six Super balls already? You know, they, he's definitely puts them on pace to do so. Uh, and, and could that be with Kansas City? Could could Patrick Mahomes be that the, the new generation of, uh you know, like uh, Tom Brady was with New England? So this yeah. is... Some,
1: Slow your roll there a little bit, because Big Ben had two before he was 30. Okay. Okay. And and so, you know, a lot of things change, the makeup of the team. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's – and and we're all guilty of this sometimes. We all – I don't think we'll ever see anybody play in 10 Super Bowls again. Brady is the last – I mean, it's with salary cap and everything else going on and and health of players and how competitive the league is – I, I Mahomes if he continues will be a Hall of Famer, but to think that he will uh, do what Brady's done, I, I don't think that's gonna happen. I'm not a Brady fan, but when you've played in eighteen percent of the, the Super Bowls, uh that just you know, that's the dominant figure that I don't think will ever be touched again. Yeah. Paul, Paul, how's your feelings about that? Do you think Mahomes can Yeah so the, next the
2: Brady? The key ingredients For Brady, was having a stable situation with the front office and the head coach. No doubt Belichick is nobody's fun party guest. I mean, he's not fun, but he's all business, and he gets it done. The question is, how long will Andy Reid keep coaching? Because I think the ownership in Kansas City is awesome. I don't think they're going to have a problem there. And Mahomes has already signed a long-term contract, which seems like a lot of money, but by knowing already they have him locked up, they can be creative with their salary cap, so I do. My prediction is that he will get to at least five Super Bowls.
1: Okay, that's correct. And okay. I realize now those first two Super Bowls that Brady won, those were teams that won because of their defense. He wasn't that dominant of offensive player the first two Super Bowls they won.
0: And one of those came to
1: by what Panthers, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, it was, it was defense in in many respects. And, and like I said, he, he grew and he developed, but he wasn't his first couple of years in the NFL. He wasn't the Brady that we are familiar with in in his thirties. And now he wasn't, he didn't have the weapons and and it was a defensive team. And and Belichick being a defensive coach, that's, that's, you know, they beat the Rams in that first Super Bowl. Because they shut down Marshall Faulk.
2: He didn't have Gazelle I mean, at that point, you know. That just made all the difference.
1: Yeah, yeah, he didn't, you know, he was going <laughs> to had her, but uh, I can say, uh, we talk about Brady and and again, six Super Bowl rings. But those first two, it was very similar to how Terry Bradshaw got his first two, and it was the Steelers defense. The mm-hmm. last two Super Bowls he won, he he was leading the team offensively. Against the mm. Cowboys and against the Rams, but the first two years it was a it was a defensive team, and it, it's true it was for Brady too.
2: Now, the first so. game they played, they only it was a three point difference. Could the Tampa Bay Bucks defense steal a game away from Kansas City if the scenario is that there's a couple picks in Mahomes and they get behind, and toward the end they they're just passing all the time? They may be in trouble. But against the Buffalo Bills, they ran it because they did such a thick zone to pass defense. Do you think the Bucks will come out with a, you know, a, a zone defense, or do you think they're going to play a man to man?
1: I think they're going to come out and play man to man. I think Kansas City is still going to run the ball. If there's any team, I don't worry about getting behind quick. That's Kansas City. Uh, last year you remember yeah. in their two playoff games in the Super Bowl. I mean, they were down 10 points in the fourth quarter last year. It was mm-hmm. 20 to 10. So they're a team that can come back at any time. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. they don't panic when they get behind. Uh, now, remember the game they played during the regular season. Uh, Chiefs got a big lead. I think they almost had a three-touchdown lead, and Tampa came back in the second half and made it closer. Than, the score really wasn't indicative of that game. So they started running the ball and trying to run the clock and, and all that respect. Uh, you know, if they go man to man, pretty much what they did against Green Bay in that respect, and try to get pressure up the middle, uh, a lot of stunts in that respect, uh, they're going to throw, Kansas City's going to throw screens. They're going to throw these little, you know, little passes out to the, the sidelines to the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. They, they're going to go to Kelsey. I mean, Kelsey's good. He's open every seven yards. I don't know who defensively if Winfield is healthy and he can play, they may match him up against Kelsey, but against pick your poison. If, if uh, Watkins comes back, uh, I mean, you got two deep receivers is it, a point of how who you, you can't cut off one guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, they're going to try and do like they did uh, against Rodgers and bring pressure up the middle. But the difference is Rodgers got to the outside and, and except for a couple of plays, wasn't that accurate. Whereas he, Again, Mahomes, is, he's a threat to just take the ball and run it 70 yards. Remember that play before halftime against the Titans last year, in the AFC Championship, when he just kind of twisted from the 50-yard line and scored on his own? Yeah. Yeah, can the Buccaneers win? Oh, yeah, turnovers. Uh, you, know, you look at the turnovers that the Packers had. You fumble the ball inside your own 20 on a, uh, uh, on a, a simple little screen pass. Uh, a circle route. I mean, they gave up the ball. They had two fumbles, short field for the Buccaneers. You give Brady a short field, you're going to lose. But if you, you know, turnovers, it's a cliche to say who turnovers lead to victory, but it's true. Yeah. Like a 85% winning percentage. If you have less turnovers than your opponent in the NFL in the regular season. Yeah. I mean, I I totally agree. It's kind of circle back, you know,
0: to a couple of things, right? I think Pastor Mahomes, he's got the goods and, uh, they can, as to some of your points, he can, they can come back from behind and score quickly. Uh, they really can. But, uh, as I asked you, Paul, um, you know, your crazy Super Bowl moments and, and, and you can kind of testify, Ernest and Paul, if this has ever happened, but I know, um, a couple of weeks ago, right. Uh, Mahomes got injured. He had to run. And I, I foresee that c- could happen. And, you know, right. You know, he, Patrick Mahomes running a lot. I foresee, you know, maybe him getting hurt and a backup quarterback coming in and coming back and winning from behind. And I know David Arnold; he's a big fan of uh, Henny, right? right? Chad Henny went to Michigan. Chad Henny. and I could see that just being the the highlight of, of, of the football of having a backup quarterback come and win. So,
2: would you rather have uh, Chad Henning or Blaine Gabbert? I mean, I'm surprised both these teams don't have better. Backup quarterbacks. I mean, Henny a career backup. He started a few years for Jacksonville. And then since and then
1: Miami. Oh, a few in
2: Miami. Not too much. He's just a strong, big guy that is smart enough. But, yeah, I mean, there's always... You hope there's a Cinderella story somewhere in the Super Bowl. That's what people like. That's why people really don't like Brady anymore. It's like, all right, Brady, you've had your share. You look like you have the perfect life. You don't look your age. Um, people want to dislike him. But I sure. would... Suggests that Brady's more likable now than he's been in his whole lifetime, because yeah. he seems more relaxed. He's talking to other people. He's encouraging people. I mean, he he seems like he's a nicer guy. But he's more disliked now more than anybody.
0: He's more like a dad. Like he's he's in his forties. He's being the kind is he of dad. Wear dad dad is. jeans now. The the coach. You know, he's just he's the next guy for Wrangler jeans. Like Brett Favre. Right?
2: Hey hey, don't. But but
1: Wrangler jeans are okay. Oh, don't don't be. Oh, hey 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 farf has gone to more Super Bowls than Rodgers. People forget that. But I think Brady yeah. has that Tom Cruise-like feel mm-hmm. to him, you know, kind of artificial sheen. It's like a, a guy <laughs> trying to be liked. I mean, you know, there's, just, there's a, I don't want to say a fakeness. It is. It just seems a, a lack of, of, of genuineness in him.
0: When yeah, I have
1: to. He just doesn't. He comes over like, I'm trying to be not. Nice. I mean, you know, I, Favre and Rogers are pretty much, and they show you their, their, their angry parts. They show you their funny. I mean, they're, they're genuine. Mahomes shows that. I think Mahomes comes off very genuine. Brady has always had this, you know, created by Madison Avenue fakeness. I mean, and then he's got this uh, voodoo doctor who's not <laughs> really a doctor who's making him drink avocado juice to stay young. I mean, this is... I think those of us old resent anybody who can artificially stay young. Like I'm sure there's a picture frame in his attic. Uh, do I reference a 200 year old book, the picture of Dorian Gray? Oh, do oh yeah. Any of yes, our audi- audience will yep. pick up on that. Uh, yep. I, I, and again, there's like the Tom Cruise factor. They tries too hard to be liked. Yeah. Am I wrong with that? Did y'all pick up on that too?
0: I agree with you, but let's let's shift over. To, you mentioned it a couple times. I introduced you two guys as the wise, grumpy old men <laughs> that will be making your Super Bowl prediction. We'll be getting there in about 10 minutes. But, you know, we've talked a lot about the players and the keys and uh, to winning the game, and they are. And, obviously, they are uh, orchestrated by some great coaching staff. Let's hone in on there. And I think, Paul, you s- started down that route of uh, Andy Reid, Bruce Arians, Ah, uh, those are two wise old men of the NFL, old coaches, and uh, they they have some experience. And you know, we know Andy Reid; he's got a couple Super Bowls. Um, Bruce Arians; he's trying to to get him a Super Bowl ring as a head coach, right? So, uh, what 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 are the key ingredients to to these head coaches? What's a little bit of background behind that? I think it. I want to give credit to our our, our uh, virtual texting phone uh platform that we talk on our host like i think it was nate said that uh this is what we have coming up as a show of myth busters like andy reed
1: bruce arians <laughs> look
0: like those guys and i thought that was quite funny because i watched that show it's been a while but uh uh so what what are some things we should know about these two coaches and what ingredients did they bring to win uh, a super bowl for their team paul what do you think
2: they're really similar in a lot of ways. If you think back, Reed meant to, went through a bunch of years where people felt like he should have done better with his team. I mean, he left Green Bay as an assistant to go to Philadelphia and he couldn't quite get there. You know, he got close and um, because of some family issues, he left coaching and then came back to go to Kansas City, and even then people would tease him about his hamburgers and was he working out on his exercise. But the key about Andy Reid is he has everything that Brady doesn't have as far as just likability, right? Brady doesn't have that. He can go walk in a room and just win over the room. Andy Reid has that. He's a good old guy who walks in, and Bruce Arians is the same way. And that's why Brady, I think, really wanted to go to Tampa Bay. He could have a coach that we could talk with him, they could go back and forth. And as Ernest said last week, basically Arians thought, okay, I'm not going to be proud about it. I'm going to let Brady have his way about you know, calling the plays and changing the offense because the bottom line is we want to win. And Gronk has said that too, that Arians is a great guy. People really like him. I mean, how many guys can walk around with an like old golfing-type caddy hat and not be teased about it. You know, he just, he has a way about him, like, hey, let's just go out and hang out about it. So I think in football, when you get to be the head coach, you've you got to know how to handle the people around you really well, or you have to have a system that forces them into behaving. And both these guys are cut of that cloth where, hey, we're good guys, we're going to treat you right, you work hard, we're going to do this together. And that's such an underrated... Um, quality i think that it's leadership i guess bottom line it's you knowing how to lead
0: yeah and i make it the point as far as applicable as far as a working environment if you've ever supervised a, a staff or a team on a project you know yeah your supervisor you're the head coach of the project but you got to trust you know your team members and assign what they're supposed to do and their experience and i think that's a key point as far as coaching and just sometimes you know you know, you, you, your experience, you have 10 years of experience, 15, 20 years doing this. You're out there on the field, the playing field. Do you see what's, you know, you've got experience, you know, make a call if you want to make a call. And I, I feel, you know, kind of circling back to what y'all said last week with Aaron Rodgers and the disappointing there, because I'm a, a Green Bay Packers fan as well. Just I just think there's some coaching conflicts between there to where sometimes they may not just let Aaron Rodgers be
1: Aaron Rodgers, you know. Um, so. Enough of that, but... <laughs> you know, these, these, these two coaches are fascinating characters. Bruce Arians uh, was a quarterback at Virginia Tech, and he was on mm-hmm. the team when they first integrated. And he, uh, the first black player, he uh, had as a roommate. He actually ordered, you know, told the coach, I want him as my teammate. And in the off season, he was a bartender, and he was the quarterback coach for Peyton Manning. He was Big Ben's quarterback coach of course you know the success he had at arizona with carson palmer he's he's been a quarterback and an offensive coordinator and he he sums up his offensive philosophy with the concept of you know no risk it, no biscuit which i love you know that phrase <laughs> you've used it three weeks in a row i think or i know i know and andy reed uh you know was blocked for jim mcmahon who took mm-hmm. the bears to the super bowl in super bowl 20 and he, he kind of worked himself. He's a Bill Walsh uh, disciple. He started off in Bill Walsh as an offensive specialist, um, coaching for him in, in San Francisco, the Green Bay. And when was Green Bay, as the quarterback coach, he had uh, Favre, and he had uh, Kurt Warner, and he had all these great quarterbacks playing for him. And Jim McMahon, who wound up, he kept coaching Jim McMahon, who he blocked for and then he went to Philadelphia, and then, as Paul alluded to, he had a son who had an addiction problem that he lost, that he tried so – him and his wife tried so hard to work with that. And, and when he left Philadelphia, people thought of him as a failure. In Kansas City, he, he's reinvented himself, and he just seems more relaxed since he's won a Super Bowl. I mean, they're both mm-hmm. affable. I think they're, they're guys who a lot of people view as the type that you could approach on the street they're affable kind of guys sure. that, uh, and I think that appeals to a lot of people after years of coaches like Belichick and Harbaugh and guys who seem a little aloof to say the least. Uh, okay. These are everyday guys, guys who, who've been in this, been in this business for almost 40 years. And and now mm-hmm. they, they've, you know, they're the top of their spectrum. And Arians a couple of years ago, walked away from the Cardinals and, you know, there was some problems he had with management in that respect, but reinvented himself. And a lot of people thought when he took Tampa Bay that why would you go to a division with, with other teams that, that had, you know, he didn't know that he'd get Brady. And and last year he tried to help uh, famous Jameis out. And actually statistically, except for interceptions, it was Jameis's best year, but both of those guys seem to have great relationships with their players.
0: Yeah. And I want to allude to it. You said it three weekends in a row, right? Or three weeks in a row. And I like the, the phrase. And one, one thing I like about the Super Bowl and, and the playoffs is seeing coaches and offense coordinators take risk and kind of incorporate those trick plays that just make you say, oh, you know, just get you up off your couch whenever you're watching the Super Bowl. And I, ho- I hope to see some of those plays by the old Tom Brady and – uh you know some Patrick Mahomes as well and uh you mentioned it too as far as Bruce Arians being part of uh Virginia's team when they first integrated and you know as I mentioned earlier this is February it is Black History Month as well I got some trivia for you Uh, I'm going to see if Paul can answer it oh really (laughs) okay I'll get because I know Ernest probably will but wait a second
2: I got my computer ready Google be my friend
0: All right, you got Google open. So 30 yeah. years ago, this quarterback uh, facilitated a great quarter in playoff history to become the first black quarterback to win e. the Super
1: Bowl. Doug e. Williams. Doug now, Williams. Who's now the general manager of the – actually uh, pro player personnel for the Washington football team.
0: Yes. Okay. I saw that pop up on the news feed this week, and I just thought that was significant. and I kind of looked up who and
1: he – And who did he used to play for? Who was he originally drafted by
2: Paul well, he played for the Redskins, but he I don't remember who he was originally drafted by
1: the Tampa Bay Buccaneers oh, that's Ooh. right he was he, left them he was in that because, bright orange yeah that was well basically they had Hugh Culverhouse was the owner of and the, they were paying him as quarterbacks they paid him as the forty eighth highest salary as a quarterback. So he left to go to the USFL and played for the Oklahoma Outlaws for one year. Mm-hmm. And while he was before he left, his wife, who was very young, died of a stroke. So he had to raise, he has raised his children ever since then. But uh, again, and the only reason he went into that Super Bowl, he didn't start that Super Bowl, gentlemen. Jay Schroeder started that Super Bowl game, but was yeah. got injured and then Doug yeah. Williams came in at the end of the first quarter through three touchdown passes, and Schroeder was never heard from again. Schroeder actually left college to play professional baseball for a couple of years, wow. and that was the last start that Jay Schroeder ever had for any yeah. professional team. Started the Super Bowl and never started another game. Doesn't he play oh. piano oh. for Lucy now? No, that's just, that's just Schroeder. Oh. Not Jay Schroeder. <laughs> A big, a
0: good peanuts uh, gallery there uh, connection, but we got three minutes, and I'll make, I'll make a transition. It's the time to make the prediction. Let's see if we uh, we see your. We'll be able to see your shadows, All right, guys. So, Paul, what is your uh, winning prediction for Super Bowl 55? Give us a score to go along with it.
2: All right, it's gonna be 31, 27, Chiefs. Chiefs.
0: Okay, that's good. High scoring game. That's that's good. It's good to well, Any new background or context to that?
2: Well, I think who's the Chiefs. Oh, the Chiefs are going to have enough defense because Chris Jones and um, Frank Clark, last year Super Bowl, the defensive line of the Chiefs just really dominated. The further the game went on, and those guys are healthy and they're coming after the quarterback. And I think Brady is playing with a patched-up offensive line, and even though he can bringing both tight ends, they're going to double down on the wide receivers. I think he'll get enough scores, but I think just the defense, like Ernest likes to say, the defense usually makes the difference. And I think Brady's run has been fabulous, but that's about it. Most valuable player, Mahomes still.
0: Mahomes, again. I agree. Ernest, what's your score and prediction
1: in MVP? Uh, 35, 24. I have Chiefs. Uh, I guess I'd to go with Mahomes too. Uh, yeah, I'll go with Mahomes. Quarterbacks usually do this, which is the kiss of death if you pick them, Travis. That means for sure, put all <laughs> your money on Tampa Bay.
0: Who
1: uh, you got? Who you got, Travis? I don't
0: know. I just i was hearing you guys write down your scores. I uh, I don't know. I, I just have a feeling down in my my gut, or that could be the taco hamburger helper i had <laughs> but i just i have a feeling that that, that tom brady's going to win another one I, re, I really do it's it's 2020 uh, 2021 but it's just there's some crazy things Travis, that can
2: what does ernest always say about what he used to say about the patriots and brady until they have a stake through them you can't count them out
0: he always says that tom brady never dies
1: he never does <laughs> um he'll be playing when he's 50 i'm, I'm beginning to assume that's going to happen sure you, we just have not i mean you don't we we've seen with drew breeze we saw with philip rivers that physical decline and maybe this voodoo doctor and his avocado juice maybe it works i don't know i mean it's just there's no logical explanation it's it's an anomaly to say the least
0: but uh but yeah i just feel tampa bay is gonna is gonna win and uh i used to back in the early days back in high school days i was inspired by not only the panthers they were my team but tampa bay as well just uh uh, with Mike Allstott and the team that they had back then, they were, you know, making their playoff runs, Super Bowl appearances as well. But he was kind of my inspiration, uh, number 40, Mike Allstott, to to have that number and to run the ball the way I did. But um, so we'll transition. So we'll we'll see kind of this this Sunday, we'll uh, who wins and have a good old time, right? Good food, good time. But uh, the transition goes. You know, February is the month of love. Right, and uh, I was watching ESPN this morning, uh, and my goodness, LA Lakers, they were playing the Atlantic Hawks, and uh, my gosh, I he, he eluded Karen, my name.
1: The Karen on the sidelines. For, the Karen uh, on the sidelines. LeBron. Yeah,
0: yeah, he's he's loving. Uh, yes, LeBron. I couldn't think of LeBron James's name, the king of basketball, right? But right. nonetheless, he was loving the fans back in the stands, and he they kind of got in a. Um, mouth and scuffle with the Karen and the husband and uh he kind of alluded that he was just loving them back in the in the arena but he kind of disagreed with not having uh having them kicked out right but but what me and Ernest love we love uh some Charlotte Hornets right Ernest and yeah. uh years years back I pulled out my wallet when I was actually able to see you in person uh, working alongside of you, I pulled out to show you a uh, ticket stub of the Carolina Hurricanes playing the Detroit Red Wings, and you, we had that that one-degree connection where, hey, you went to the game, too, and uh, you must have been the guy that uh, that stole my hot dog or something like that, nonetheless. But we found out <laughs> we went to that same game. I was digging through my box of just uh, archive stuff that I keep, my, my keepsakes, right? And I find, and I send it to you before our podcast this old program from uh, the Charlotte Hornets back in the early 2000s. I didn't send you the date, but uh, I just wanted to use it as a uh, quizzing moment and just to see if we were at the same game together again, if we can make it two for two. So oh, back yeah. in 2000. Okay.
1: March, I, have, I have that program. I have that
0: program. What date was it for that oh, program? I
1: don't have it in front of me, but that's the late great Anthony Mason who's no longer with us. Right. But and I actually have I have his yeah. jersey because uh-huh. my grandson, my middle grandson, is named Mason. And when we would go to Hornets games together, and I actually have a picture of him wearing the Mason jersey reversed with his name at the front. Sure. And I actually wear the Anthony Mason jersey when we go to Hornets games together. Because That's I, pretty awesome. I don't, a, I don't have a Logan jersey, and I don't have a Ritt jersey. So I'm, I, I, I guess i got to find an Eric Ritt, who used to be a running back in the NFL. And for mm-hmm. Logan, I guess Dave Logan used to be a wide receiver for the Denver Broncos and the Cleveland Browns. I have to find a jersey of both those two. But Eric yeah. Grant was a running back with Tampa Bay. But yeah, I uh Anthony Mason actually uh uh my son uh, my youngest son has multiple autographs from him. He would never sign Nike stuff, he'd only sign Adidas stuff. I do remember that.
0: I hear you. But the program I sent you had him on it. You know, they could've duplicated the cover of other games, but the game I went to back in the early 2000s was the Hornets versus the Knicks on March 17th, 2000. Were you at that game with me, Ernest? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Are you serious? I was, That's pretty good. Oh, yeah. yeah. How ironic. Because I, I looked at the date, and I didn't look at the team. I was just okay. But, yeah, we attended the game, yeah. That's pretty um, neat. You remember I, who won the game? I wrote down the score. I had to look it up. You remember Probably the Knicks. Yes, guess. they did. Yeah, I was going to say, that Hornets team wasn't the 2000 team. Was not the Glenn Rice team. No, Mm-mm. that was the Jamal Mashburn. That was Mashburn and Baron Davis, Baron
0: Davis, Davis, Davis-
1: yeah. Wesley, and uh, Eldon Campbell. Paul Silas was the coach, and PJ Brown was the uh, was the power forward. Boy, I'm getting up. Robert Tract, late Robert Tractor Trailer, Michigan graduate, was on that team also. Yeah, boy, I always wanted to take
0: a a trip down memory lane. Yeah, pull it out the back pocket there. And and I missed that.
1: I missed those, but it seems like what I hear, and gentlemen, you can concur with the that we're not going to have full attendance until we get seventy five percent vaccination rate, which is what they're. That's going to be the herd mentality. Sure. When we get the general population to 75%, then we'll be back to somewhat normal. Mm-hmm. Some of us are beyond going back to normal, but that's another story altogether. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. And
2: uh yeah, that's that's quite
1: ironic. I just I it, had did, that did we put Paul asleep with our I'm uh, still here. I'm still here with I, our hornets I've been listening our... to the
2: buzz about the hornets.
1: Oh, okay, yes. Hey, uh, the mellow ball, we're we're ten and eleven beat miami and beat indiana and beat milwaukee three game winning streak but
0: i'll circle i'll go back to i will try to say that but, but i'll go back to paul and give him something to talk about as well we went down trip down memory lane and uh paul i just wanted to ask you and there was some news this week to get you talking you know detroit lions fans right uh a lot of good memories with matthew stafford a lot of bad memories but is matthew stafford who is better off in the deal that took place earlier this week? Um, the Rams or the Detroit Lions?
2: Um, Matthew Stafford's wife. Uh, now she doesn't have to complain <laughs> about our governor anymore of all the restrictions yeah. we have for yeah. COVID.
1: Michigan, California is a lot worse than Michigan right yeah. now. So good luck with that.
2: Yeah, right. Um, uh, actually, she's a pretty decent lady. So um, in Michigan, we're happy for Matthew Stafford. He gave mm-hmm. all he had. He's a quiet guy, but he was incredibly tough. He kept on playing when he was hurt. He didn't complain publicly. He was a class act all the way. So we're generally happy for him. We're just happy that the leadership of the Lions actually looked like they have a plan. And regardless of what Ernest thinks about our new head coach being a doofus, (laughs) um, (laughs) the the general manager knew the people in L.A. L.A. say, we got to win now, baby. You know, Al Davis type thing. And... The Lions are saying, we are so far away. We just need draft picks and a serviceable quarterback. And that's what they got. So, you know, mm-hmm. we see this as a double win. Some people say, oh, the the Rams got the better deal because you never can predict what draft picks are going to be. That's true. But can't there be a, a trade where it works for both sides? I think this is one of those sides. And so we're just glad we're moving forward and letting poor Matthew Stafford see what he can really do with a better team. And um, I hope he does really well. So we're happy about it.
1: You know, the best part about that story is when they were trading him, he he said, there's only one team that I won't go to. And that was the Patriots because they just hired his former coach, Matt Patricia.
2: Right. He said, you
1: can trade me anywhere else. I'm not going to the Patriots.
2: Oh, Patricia was such a train wreck here and everybody sort of knew it. You talk about press conferences about, Coach is not making a good impression. He never made a good impression. He always looked disgruntled. I think he thought he could be a, you know, Belichick wannabe, and nobody can be Belichick. That's just that's the way it is. Yeah. So
1: he's taking his little pencil in his ear and going back to New England.
2: Yeah, yeah I don't feel sorry. He made lots of money on the way out.
0: He did. I yeah, I, agree I, feel, you. I feel it's sorry for
1: pencil. Jim Caldwell, who took them to the playoffs twice. It was dumped for that train wreck,
0: mm. yeah, but I agree. I was listening to a radio show Monday and was hearing about the the trade and all good good win both sides, I believe, but uh as I said l a Rams you know this is uh, either um Super Bowl or bus get Matthew Stafford. they have to kind of show out, and you know Matthew Stafford definitely has the tools down offense to to help him out. He's got the run game there in l a um to, to kind of take some pressure off him and Ernest, before we do our closing remarks, you know, I was reading a thread too uh, the other day, to, to potentially Deshaun Watson, where, where could he land? Uh, Carolina Panthers is one of those places, but it just seems unrealistic that that can happen because, you know, uh, just of what Carolina would have to give up with that. And one guy was given a scenario of, of so many first round and second round draft picks for the next few years. And trading away uh, Christian McCaffrey along with that deal to get Deshaun Watson. Any any thoughts on that, that quarterback or that trade deal with the potentially with the Panthers? I know I'd that was get, just I'd,
1: hypothetics. But. I'd give up two picks, a second and Anderson wide receiver.
0: Mm-hmm. I just I don't mean, see them part ways with
1: uh McCaffrey. Not I McCaffrey running backs duration. Yeah. So and and that's not really something Texans need. Texans need defensive help, and they need draft picks. I also hear that J.J. Watt is gone also, that mm-hmm. uh, they're looking to trade him also. So that's a total rebuild. Uh, I don't think that's someone that Panthers need to look at. It was interesting that several teams contacted the Lions and offered their first-round draft picks, the Panthers being one of them for Stafford. And the uh, Lions got a better deal, uh, of course, from the Rams. If okay. I remember correctly, it was the Dolphins and the Panthers, and there was, uh, and New England all contacted the Lions. and the Colts. And the Colts, you're right. Sure. The Colts also all offered draft picks first effort. But yeah, Watson, if I had a choice, I would go all in. I'd, I'd okay. go three, three, three number ones for, I think, number one draft picks or overrated, I think Uh you can get value with second-round, third-round picks. So three number ones for Watson, yes, in a heartbeat. I mean, you've never had a quarterback this age who's this accomplished who's on the market. Right. And then the GM has made things worse, the new GM, because he came out and said, well, the player's going to be with us for what? Come on, dude. Call him by name. Calling him the player? uh that that's, that's you know that's kind of uh old time you know that's coded language that really yeah. is
0: well here's some coded language Ernest I've enjoyed talking with you both tonight Ernest give us your last one minute take for tonight send some love out to our listening audience and encouragement for this Super Bowl week
1: uh this is probably the worst bunch of NFL coaches hired. Hire <laughs> is probably the best candidate. I need to
2: get it in somehow. Go ahead. I uh, you
1: know <laughs> now, when you got guys like Eric <laughs> Bieniemy, who's the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, and Todd Bowles, who is the defensive coordinator for the Buccaneers, serious young men, and Bowles has experience with the Jets. He's kind of got a rough deal there. Who aren't considered for these train wrecks? Two of which have not even been coordinators. The Eagles coach and the Texans coach. The Texans coach is so old. He's actually older than I am, which is really old. Uh, Big Fangio at at the Broncos is saying, dude, this guy's old. Uh, I don't don't know where they're coming for these coaches. And I'm not even going to get into Paul and Dan Campbell, who was a train wreck, Miami. And, I mean, I love train wrecks. I really do. They're just interesting to watch. That's why I'm a fan of the Brooklyn Nets right now. I do like to see... Big time train wreck accidents, but seriously, uh, again, Meyer is the best hire, and that is faint praise. It truly is. <laughs> Paul, your closing comments. All oh, right, by the co- way, Carolina Duke this weekend.
2: Hey, uh, my closing comments—a challenge for all the people out there listening, and mostly guys. Hey. When you're watching Super Bowl, it's probably likely that all other guys are going to probably watch it. Look at your phone contact list and find a name of a guy that used to be a buddy, that you used to talk to a lot, and for whatever reason, maybe you're in a different job or a different city or whatever, and just call him up during the Super Bowl and just say, Hey, man, it's been too long. What do you think about the game? And um, I did this challenge about six months ago with a guy... um, was feeling disconnected because he's married and has a kid and he's not seeing his buddies anymore and i said listen you know just pick up the phone and call my guess is they'll be so happy to talk with you and you get started again so that's the challenge just call one buddy of yours you haven't talked to for a long time on super bowl sunday
0: that's awesome paul and that totally connects with something i did just the other day i've got a good old high school friend and we keep in touch through facebook we both have families his birthday is super bowl sunday and i send him a birthday card i usually do not do that but i send him a birthday card as i was looking through some old pictures of us wrestling and football in high school send him birthday wishes send him five bucks uh, and send him some old pictures some old pictures right and uh i wrote p.s in there p.s i could still head throw your butt Uh, (laughs) and that's that's a wrestling move so that's a good point paul and um yeah uh reach out to your friends. If you ever get that inkling in your soul, it's like, I should reach out and just call this person. Would it be mom, dad, brother, sister, friend? Just do it. Uh, and, and just as Nike would say, right? Just do it. If so, you're so, my like,
1: age, if you're my age, make sure they're still alive. It might be a little awkward if you don't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, and so he's been dead 10 years. Ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that may not come out too well. So yeah. Uh,
0: Google them before you call them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Come on. But um, But, uh, guys, we've enjoyed it. Thank you you listeners for listening and tuning in to all of our our craziness. And join us next time here on Pardon the Confusion.
1: And we are over and out.